Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. Good morning, sir. How is it going? Man, it's going. It's uh, it's good to be back on after missing last week, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It was weird. It, it, you know, we're we're this is episode seventeen, so we're a couple months in at this point, and I'm at the point where if we don't do it, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, we've we've put it in the schedule. We've gotten disciplined to do it. So yeah, we yeah, felt the routine. same way. Yeah, but uh, man, it's good to see you. And I, I got to say, by the way, on the record, it was good to uh, good to lead worship with you last week, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had great time. Had fun. I think the people really enjoyed having uh, having you here. Um, I know I didn't do a great job of introducing you and all that good stuff, but uh, but man, we had had a good time leading and good time worshiping together. Yeah. So I appreciate you being here, and I'm glad you got to enjoy a little vacation. We've talked a couple times about that. Yeah, yeah, two weeks of vacation. So that's yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna get this year. We'll be going for a little bit over the fourth, but that's that's about it, man. It's... I did yard work yesterday. Yay! Hadn't <laughs> had an opportunity to do yard work in a while, so thank goodness for a townhouse, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to mess with any of that. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in today. We are going to kind of follow up on our conversation a couple of weeks ago um, on the SBC. Now that the annual meeting is over, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened and how that you know, what that matters for you and for me and anybody else out there listening who is SBC, uh, just kind of lay out a few things. But before we do all that, brother, why don't you go ahead and kick us off. Tell us what, uh, what you've been reading through this week as you've uh, been chilling out, relaxing, maxing, all cool and shooting some b-ball <laughs> outside of the pool or whatever you've been doing. Wow. Flash nineties, flash nineties <laughs> right there. <laughs> lay it on well, us, man. Um, if, kind of what it's going to tie into to what we're going to talk about today, but Galatians 5 uh, and, and other passage, passages that reference this, Jesus himself actually talking in uh, the Gospels about this. But Genesis, or, uh, Genesis, Galatians 5, starting at verse 13 through 15, it says, For he called you to be free. And the context of the conversation here is um, the religious leaders were Telling people when they when they come to Christ, if you're coming to Christ, you have to be circumcised. You have to do all these ritual law things mm-hmm. in order to accept Christ. Mm-hmm. And automatically, all of us Christians say, "Well, that's that's it's only Christ alone, Christ alone." But we do this same thing. So let me read this: For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. Kind of goes what we're going to talk a little bit about today, but it is um, it is a fantastic reminder um, that that even because we are free and we have that freedom in Christ, that there is a responsibility that we still have, a responsibility to one another, a responsibility we have to a lost and dying world. And it becomes more acutely focused 
um, because we're saved, because we have that salvation. Basically, put it this way, we were bought off the slave block, and we have a responsibility to the one that bought us from that slave block. Right. Yeah, it's a good word. What translation are you reading there? That was uh, CSB. Okay, that's what I thought. But The official holy... I actually... I got into a little bit. I went back and read some of the amplified version and you're going to mute me. (laughs) They can still hear me. I got control of the video part. (laughs) Uh, We'll mute you off the podcast. Yeah. Off the podcast. (laughs) I I was reading through the amplified version and I had to go back and look a bit of a little bit about what the law was talking about. Interestingly enough, this was specifically people use this as a wide range of this meant the law entirely, you know, um, which it, yeah. it does to a certain extent, but this was the familial law, the family, how to treat other people, your relationship with others, part of the law. And and he was, Jesus was just saying in other passages in the Gospels, this is how you should treat people because you have freedom. You know, so. Yeah, it's a good word. I want to read uh, from a book you probably don't hear a whole lot about most of the time. Um I'm kind of deep into the prophets at this point um, in my reading plan. And I just finished up, I think on Monday, maybe Tuesday, Hosea. And I'm just going to read the very end of Hosea. But before I read it, just a little background here. If you're not familiar with the book of Hosea, Hosea talks about, um, it's a picture, okay? You have a picture of a guy marrying a prostitute. Excuse me. Picture of a guy marrying a prostitute, and 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 that's a picture of how God loves us and what we have done. And he's speaking specifically to um, to Israel. But you've got Hosea. He's the guy. He marries uh, the God speaks to him and says, "Go marry this prostitute, and this will be." you know, a picture of what Israel has done to me. And the whole book is, you know, she continually runs away from him, but he Mm -hmm. continually loves her enough to call her back and to want to be back with her. But the very end of the book, struggling over here this morning, uh, Hosea 14, the very last verse, it says this, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgress or stumble in them. So let me back up just a little bit to the top of that chapter, verse uh, chapter 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity except what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive, and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. And 
this is a great word, though. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but the transgressors stumble in them. I mean, that's the whole of Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, it's interesting that the whole of Scripture is essentially boiled down to Hosea 14.9. Know my word. Know my ways. Seek after them. Seek after me. Stop following after well, according to this, stop following after the work of your own hands. Mm-hmm. Stop following after others to save you. Your true mission, your true purpose is to seek after the Lord. If you do these things, if you follow the ways of the Lord, the upright walk in them, the transgressors, they stumble in them. So I just thought as as that book wrapped up, I thought, you know what, that's a great picture for us. I said because I was thinking because we we get we get sidelined by so much stuff. We get sidelined by our own our own wants and desires. Yeah, our jobs, our families, our yeah. um our hobbies even um we get sidelined by so many different things and it just doesn't take anything to kind of pull us off path, right? Yeah, and so the the admonition to seek the ways of the, the seek the ways of the Lord because they're right, and the upright will walk in and the transgressors will stumble. I just I thought that was a good word this week as I was reading through that. Um, it's an interesting parallel to show what, and a lot of people understand this and the the literacy of Scripture. The in other words, the literal. Um, meaning of scripture. Some people would take this as an allegory. I personally believe this, this happened. God told us they had to do these things specifically. And some people take it as an allegory that this is just a story to give reference. God told him to go marry someone he knew was not going to be faithful to him. Gomer. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his, his commitment level to that covenant was a picture of what, God would be towards Israel. Mm-hmm. That's just tremendous to me. Tremendous to me. I mean, you know, you think about it, we would not say that work is our God. We would not say that family is our God. We wouldn't say that money is our God. We wouldn't say those things. No, we wouldn't say them. But look at how we act, though. We're chasing mm-hmm. the dollar. We're chasing the, the beach house. We're chasing, uh, name it, name it. And, and I'm not, Please hear me if you have a beach house. Good, good on you. I mean, let us come do a podcast yeah, yeah. from your beach house. Yeah, yeah. can we do it on location? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that those things are bad things. I am saying when they become the primary thing, then they're bad things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just like you know your car. I know when I was a teenager, man, it was all about the car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know those things take the place of good things. I hear well, people. It, tell me all the time, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to mm-hmm. pray. I don't have time to stop and do this, that, or the other as it relates to faith. Oh, we'll, we're, you know, we'll be gone for three months as we're we're out at wherever we're going to be so we won't be worshiping with you. You, you know, that those things, I, I wonder, right? Do you have yeah. time? Of course you have time to read. Who can't take 15 minutes to read? Put your Facebook down. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime you begin to start to justify your actions, your behaviors, your disconnection from God, your disconnection from God's family, because what would people say? Well, 
you know, we're, we're going to go to church at the beach. And then, okay, whether you go to church at the beach or not, you're, you're still disconnecting from your church family. Yeah. And then you begin to justify, well, you know, God never intended all of us to have big church like this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but when you get in the waters of justification, you're in a, you're, you're already down the slope. You're sliding down the slope. Yeah. Um, I like the, I like the bare, the bare rawness of what God told Hosea, do this. Here's what's going to happen. And, and a lot, God doesn't tell us what's going to happen with yeah. our lives, but he told Hosea, this is not going to be a good thing. She's, she's going to cheat on you. She's going to go share herself with other men and all yeah. these things. And I want you to be faithful as a picture of what I am. So he really yeah. had a God mandated way of acting and, and being, and he had right. a, a God focused, you know, just like, just like we do today, just like we do today. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all pretty interesting as you, mm. as you dig into particularly the prophets, because I mean, if you, if you read the stories and you take them as what they are, I mean, it's, it's a picture of who we are ultimately. Um, the, most of, most of the prophets are written to Israel or Judah. Yeah. Um, some are written to, you know, the Assyrians or, or whatever, but uh, most are written to Israel and Judah. And while we're not Israel or Judah, we certainly right. see ourselves in that picture. Right. I mean, you can't There's help a principle but, there. Yeah. I was talking to my neighbor the other day, you know, and he was talking about, um, cultural cycles, if you will. And and I told him, we've talked about it here. I told him, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to understand who we are today, go read the book of Judges. And you'll see yeah. the cycle. You'll see the cycle. It's the same cycle that we experience today, just on a, it just looks a little bit differently. But the cycle yeah. is there. So, uh, anyway, and pl- please hear me if you got a beach house, it's it's all good. I'm not calling you out because <laughs> you have a beach house. Yeah, and, and you know, let's not get into the, the whole extreme right of it. You have to be, you know, at the church every time the doors are open or you have to be in everything that's going on. Yeah. And, and no, nobody's saying that or, well, people do say that, but we're not saying that. Yeah, it is, a, it is a heart level commitment. Think about this. <laughs> Hosea going into this, understood and knew what was going to happen and still had to almost in a way close his eyes to what he saw and just like Abraham, like, uh, you know, David, like all of them had to close their eyes to what they see against them and keep pressing forward in what God said to do. Mm -hmm. Um, What Abraham was going to have to kill his son and drag his son up here and tie him to a bunch of sticks and burn him. Oh my goodness, you know, come on. Yeah. He had to literally just sell out to what he sees and commit and follow the Lord. And yeah. that's, and trust that's him where the rubber meets. Yeah, that's where the rubber meets the road for us. Staying committed. It's not what we say out loud as much as it is where our heart is and our and and what comes out of those uh those yeah. heart that and, heart. And and the beach house is not the problem. The problem yeah. is when we focus on we, we put more of our focus on earning money mm-hmm. so that we can have those things than we do what God has blessed us with. Yeah. Right. And how he has blessed us and what he's doing in us. I don't have so, a beach house. So I don't have to worry about that. I have a little tiny house and that's okay. <laughs> that you live in. <laughs> 
I do, and uh, you can tell that it's well lived in. <laughs> Stuff everywhere. That's uh, us too, brother. Well, let's jump in this morning. Um, you know, last time we talked, we were a little ways from the SBC, and things were starting to blow up as the annual meeting was coming close. And now that it's over, um, it was Tuesday and Wednesday this week was the, the primary meeting. There were other things going on. But uh, the primary business meeting portion of that would have been Tuesday and Wednesday. And so we, we just kind of want to go back and, you know, we talked a lot about the SBC last time. We want to follow up a little bit on what um, what kind of what, what did happen, our takeaway from that. Uh, I, w- I will tell you, if you want to know way, way more about all this stuff, go listen to the Not Another Baptist podcast. Um, yeah. Those guys, they're, they're deep in the weeds of SBC stuff. Um, in fact, uh, one of the hosts of that, Matt Hensley, he was elected to the president of the Pastors Conference, Pastors which, Conference. which happens Sunday night and Monday. Yes, sun. yeah. I think it's Sunday night It's always night the initial part of the week, yeah. Yeah, I... I know it's definitely Monday. I can't remember if it's Sunday night or not. But uh, anyway, but he was elected as president of the Pastors Conference, so I thought that was pretty cool for him. Um, Dr. Matt Hensley, I should say now. Uh, Dr. Matt Hensley. will be here very soon. His big no, red no, beard. No, he got it. <laughs> he got it. So, yeah, he's all in. Dr. Matt Hensley with the big red beard. That's right. And he yep. sat right in front of the one of the microphones, so he made it on camera quite frequently over the uh, <laughs> over the meeting, if you didn't see yeah. But uh, – so one of the things that I do want to set up, we've got a couple of things that we need to lay a little background for. One of those, uh, and one of the hot button topics for this year's um, annual meeting. One of. Yeah, one of them was the, the the resolution on, resolutions on CRT, right? That we knew that this was going to be a big issue, the critical yes, race and theory. Critical race theory. We, we knew that this was going to be a big deal this year because there were people that were mad about resolution. I think it was nine last year where they where they talked about, you know, CRT and all these things. But, well, specifically race relations, it was not directed at CRT hadn't quite kicked off in its intensity. And, and again, we're... I don't know. That was a big topic, man. It it was a big topic, but I I think, well, we can get into that. But I I think large and whole, I don't think there's a Southern Baptist church anywhere in the United States or any that I know of that would fully wholesale buy into CRT itself. And and it just seemed to be a, as it got talked about more, it seemed to get bigger and bigger. And people are like, okay, what is this? You know, we, everybody had to go look it up. and So before we get too deep into that, I want to yeah, explain yeah. what resolutions are. Yeah, please do. So there was actually a guy, um, I don't know who he was. I didn't catch his name because I was kind of half listening at that point. There was a guy who got up and explained what resolutions are, and I think one of the things he said was, was really good, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But resolutions, all they do generally um, as far as uh, Southern Baptists are, are concerned there are two primary functions for a resolution. Number one, a resolution will state generally what we are for or against and ultimately really has no bearing on what your church or my church does. Right. Um, there is nothing that says we've passed this resolution. If you don't follow it, you're out. Right. 
So what a resolution will do, in fact, this is what kind of the CRT motion for this year. Uh, I can't re- remember the resolution number off offhand. Um, but what the motion this year basically said was we reject anything that says that there is a reason for um, broken relationships, racial or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Other, we reject the notion that there's there's a reason behind those other than the sinfulness of man. Okay, yes. basically what we're saying is CRT cannot provide any insight that we don't already know. We know that our relationships are broken because of sin. Yeah. Relationships between one another, relationships between husband and wife, relationships between the individual and God. Those relationships are broken because of sin. Okay, so that's... That's primarily what this year's resolution was was about. Okay, so that resolution resolution nine is what nine was last year. Was it nine last year? Nine was last year. It was like twenty. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. It, it, Sorry. It, it really ultimately it doesn't matter what the number is. Um, yeah. We'll just give you some reference if you wanted to go back and find it. Uh, but I promise you, you it won't be hard to find. Search for SBC CRT <laughs> annual meeting, and you'll find it. Yeah. So, um, oh my goodness, the Celtics are trading Kimball Walker. I'm sorry, what? that just came across. Newsflash! <laughs> wow, I did not expect that. Uh, Kimba played for the Hornets. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Back back to topic. <laughs> so that what that resolution said was we're against all of this all of this not there, there's no bearing on that so right. Co- collectively a resolution means we're we are together as a southern baptist convention resolved toward this specific thing so that's to say that all that to say so yeah okay southern baptist passed this i come back to my church i can teach crt all i want to yeah i can teach not, that I, each church is an autonomous Right. Church. I can teach that as a valid theory all I want to in my church. Right. Right. I'm not going to. I mean, I'm just saying there really is. All that says is as the convention as a whole, we're against. Here's here's the guidepost for where people in the Southern Baptist Convention are going and aiming for. Now, an important thing about resolutions, because one of the things they wanted to do was they wanted to go back and rescind there were a couple of older resolutions from uh, who knows. There was a Confederate resolution from years yeah. ago. I, yeah. I don't even remember what year it was. It was a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Basically, I thought whoever that guy was, I wish I knew his name. Whoever he was, he's on the resolutions committee. He basically stood up. He said, look, he said, I understand what you're trying to do with this. He said, but here's the thing. Resolutions happen in a in a certain period of time and you can't really rescind that resolution because that resolution said these messengers at this meeting on this specific date said blank. So some people are treating it like it's a constitution and bylaws. So, right. So essentially let's say we get to SBC annual meeting 2081, okay, 60 years from now. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that, 
I don't think this is the case, but let's just say for whatever reason we've learned that CRT is a valid theory and it's true and they try to go back 60 years to 2021 to rescind that resolution. You, There's nothing to rescind because that right. was 2021, the group of 2021 messengers was speaking into their time and you can't make them unsay what they said. Now, you can pass your own resolution, right? Mm-hmm. You can say whatever you want to say in your convention at, 20, at 2081. If you decide that CRT really is a good thing, it's compatible with Scripture for whatever reason. Um, Which no one is saying, no, by the way. No, no one is no, this saying. No, this is just an example. You, <laughs> you could go and you could pass your own resolution in that conference, okay, in that annual meeting. So that's one function. The mm-hmm. secondary function or a second function of a, of a resolution, and, and this one – uh, relates to the the sex abuse resolution. This resolution basically is an actionable resolution, and what it says is, it it, it acts more like a motion. It says, the oh, I'm trying to remember what he said. The ERLC, I believe, will will study or or will appoint a task force right to understand the the overreach of the EC particularly as it executive committee sorry as it re, as it relates to the sex abuse scandal right you know you know how all this is an actionable play resolution out. right that is an actionable resolution it's one that they will take and they will appoint a task force and they will actually do they will do work they they will have an outside investigation and that will be reported back so that one is an actionable motion. That is a thing that, that will happen. But, again, it only impacts SBC. And, you know, it's, I, I don't know exactly how all this functions right now with the credentials committee and everything because this is new. But in the middle of all of this, you know, if they were to come to my church and say, hey, we're coming to your church because we have evidence of X, Y, Z. Right. And I said, no, I will not cooperate. I don't know what that does to my SBC status now. Right. Does does that remove me as a cooperating in church? The, That's what I don't know as far in as the, in the past. It's it's a very very thin line to walk because of the autonomy of of each church. What they have done is is taken some churches who have had significant right issues mm-hmm. and significant sin going on, particularly have, cover up, right. And, and there's there's factual evidence to that, and more than just a handful of people are just saying this. It's it's an actionable kind of a, a evidence thing. Mm-hmm. So they have disfellowship, yes. and and that's the extent of what they can do is say you're not. We acknowledge that you and they 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 tread lightly with that. They don't do that just willy nilly and and just toss churches out. And what does that mean for that church? You know, they can go on and be a church and continue to move on at their discretion. So this is not a legally, as far as the world's in sense, binding thing. Yeah, the only thing that really changes is, you know, you, you're not allowed messengers to the convention. Mm-hmm. So, it, for instance, <clears throat> in, in Anaheim, California next year, in June, mid-June, you will not be seen. At least not as a voting Right, you, you will not be, be registered as a voting in. member. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, you can show up, but you can just sign in or you wouldn't be able to sign in and and participate yeah you would be in the voting relegated to the visitors room or whatever they call it so that is that is a resolution and kind of how they function and what they do so as we talked about that there are 
you know, there, there, those are the two big issues um, in relation to uh, resolutions that came up. So there was CRT, and then there was the sex abuse stuff. And in some ways, they're all related. Uh, even the, the presidential vote was, was kind of, I might say the presidential vote actually turned out to be the biggest issue mm-hmm. as far as, not debated, but as far as what, what turned out to be the bigger, most contentious issue, I guess. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that right, but it, yeah, it I was. I say just an import, on the important scale because the, the particular candidates were divided on opinions and of, of those issues um, pretty starkly, I would say. Yeah, so you had the ultimate SBC presidential winner was Ed Litton. He was kind of the average everyday guy, right? Um, Adams was the same. I think Adams brought a lot of attention to himself um, because he's Mr. Transparency, right? He he mm-hmm. he just put everything out in the open. Yep. Um, and look, I'm not I'm not opposed to that, but I think that scared a lot of people away, right? Um, yeah. Because what is this guy going to say? What is this right. guy going to do? You know, is he a loose cannon? Kinda, kinda, yeah, yeah, loose cannon, kind of a feel. So, I, in my opinion, he never really had a shot. And I would yeah. agree, but, you know, based on the vote, he got, what, 4% or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't much. Um, so, I don't think he ever really had a shot. You had uh, President Moeller, Al Moeller, yeah. uh, president of Southern Seminary. Um, Who has been SBC president before. Right. He's kind of the he's, – he's the talking head guy, right? He is mm-hmm. the – his podcast is way better than ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he does every day, uh, every single day, every day. Yeah, uh, at least during the week, he does it every day. Um, but he's, I mean, big reformed um, mm-hmm. theology kind of guy. Um, I would say Southern is probably the reformed seminary of the SBC seminaries, um, if you wanted to label it that way. Um, and then you had. Um, uh, Mike Stone, Mike Stone, and and here's where we're going to get a little bit deeper here. Mike Stone, pastor from Georgia, see Georgia, where is he from? I can't remember yeah. where he's from. Georgia, Alabama, somewhere down south. Yeah, rural church, small town. Most of the town goes to his church. Okay, huge church, small mm-hmm. town, huge church. Um, but Mike Stone was kind of put forward as the Conservative Baptist Network candidate. So let's talk a little bit about the Conservative Baptist Network. Blackshire, Blackshire, Georgia is where his church. Georgia, okay. So, so the CBN, not to be confused with the television network, CBF. (laughs) The CBF is a Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Those are the more liberal of of the Baptist in the South, anyway. Conservative Baptist. So the CBN, the Conservative Baptist Network, is a brand new establishment, all right? And they're started by a group of folks. Turns out Paige Patterson is really heavily involved in this. If you're mm-hmm. not familiar with all the issues with him lately, uh, he was president of uh, Southeastern South for a long time. Well, yeah, Eastern, yeah. Southeastern for a long time. And then he's pastor, president of South Southeastern, and then he went to Southwestern uh, in fact, he had not been gone too long when you and I started at Southeastern. Mm-hmm. He's president of South, Southwestern. And then 
he there was this whole dust up over how uh, some sexual abuse scandal was handled while he was at Southeastern. And this whole thing blew up on him, ultimately gets him removed. The trustees make a power play. Turns out to all that stuff fails. He's removed from, from power. And according to some people's words, you know, they were just thrown out with nothing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, they were thrown out with nothing. Thrown out with nothing. <laughs> not not true, but all right. Right. <laughs> so there was this whole big thing and then some of the trustees made a power play for this fund that that funds Baylor and Southwestern. There was this whole big thing about the Pattersons trying to redirect funding from the SBC entities and Southwestern specifically. Yeah. Over to the the Sandy Creek stuff what i can't remember what all that what all those names are in there but at this right. point but redirecting funds away from that that fund that helps southwestern and baylor to his own foundation the sandy creek foundation um all that got overturned those trustees were removed so one thing that you do need to know is in the sbc any position of power or authority whatever though that is in the sbc mm-hmm. All of those are controlled by trustees. So we could not go into this meeting and say, um, let's just say Ronnie Floyd has not done what we've what we've wanted him to do as the the president of the executive committee. We cannot remove him in the annual meeting. Mm-hmm. That's done by trustees. So the way this plays out, particularly the way the conservative resurgence played out, uh, is you elect certain people to certain positions and you kind of chip away at it position by position until eventually you have a majority and then you can pass the things that meet your agenda. Right. Mm -hmm. So as trustees roll off, so let's say in this instance, trustees roll off the CBN guys vote in a trustee next year. They vote in another trustee, you know, eventually you chip away at that enough where, You've got all CBN you've, guys. You've got a majority, and you can do whatever yeah. you want to do. You basically, you run everybody yeah. else out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how that works. That's how the conservative resurgence worked. So back then, Adrian Rogers was kind of the figurehead. Mm-hmm. Then he was voted in as president. Um, and so from there, the domino started to fall. But everything is controlled by trustees, much like it would be in a collegiate setting, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you can't just go – so it's not just any one man. Whoever the president or provost is of, right. let's, let's say, North Carolina State University right up the road, you can't just fire that guy. The mm-hmm. trustees have to do it, right? Even though I have a vote in the state, I can't just go and suggest, hey, we fire this guy, and then he's out. It doesn't work that way. You have trustees that, that do all of that, that kind yeah. of stuff. And I, go ahead. I didn't mean to step no, on I was just trying to finish a thought. No, you're right. The – and, and how it turned out this year was um, Mike Stone is in with the, the cooperative or the, um, the CBN and Litton is not, is, is a, a guy who would more uh, fold into the direction that, you know, we're currently going with, with Greer and uh, with others mm-hmm. that, that Moeller and others, because actually uh, they're Litton and, and Moeller are pretty close and, and good friends and kind of see eye to eye on some things. Uh, a lot of things, but it really came down to, you know, the CBN had an idea that um, because you outed our guy, Paige Patterson, because of his indiscretions and and Mm -hmm. there was proven indiscretions there. um, As far as evidence wise, there was proven indiscretions there. 
uh, you outed our guys, so we're going to tear down the Southern Baptist Convention. And that's that's kind of was their, you know, they had the whole pirate theme. We're going to come in and we're going to storm the ship and we're going to all, and to me, and this is, of course, some conjecture in my opinion, but all under the under the guise of we're going to set the convention back in a, in a fundamental direction. Well, they were kind of, they were treating it as a second conservative resurgence. Right, right. Because right. what they suggested was the SBC was drifting leftward, more liberal. And when you start, and we talked about this a minute ago, when you start getting in a position to where, and I know some of these names, you know probably more of these names than I do, when you start calling people like like Danny Aiken, president of Southern Baptist, or uh, president of Southeastern Seminary, you start calling him liberal, I'm out. Because <laughs> that's, I, I, if of the top 10 conservative, biblically oriented and biblically focused people on this earth, Danny Aiken probably is one of the top 10. I mean, at that you point, know? you're just making stuff up. You're making stuff up to try to, and, 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 and I see it this way. You can kind of throw into this if you want. I see this as much like our political elections in the past several years here. I would agree. A lot of let's scare people to death with all this stuff to scare them on our side. And, and that's a small way to put it, I understand. There's a lot more complexity to that. But there are, why do people throw falsehoods out there? Why do, why do people throw lies out there? They try to get you to believe it, to motivate you to do something different. Right. So if they need your vote, Cooperative Baptist Network, they're not Cooperative Baptist Conservative Network, Baptist Network. Conservative Baptist Network, CBN, wants people to get off the track that, that you know, with the leaders were going, let's throw out all this stuff and all these lies, and you're following liberal people, and they're trying to change the, you know, they don't like our president, they don't like the country, they don't like all these things. What? Really? I, and, the, and the average, <laughs> uh, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but even me, the average me is like, Wow, am am I following the wrong? Are they liberal? Well, I can speak for the man and the men that I know, you know, somewhat not personally, but somewhat connected to. Danny Aiken is not a liberal man. No, not a liberal man in any sense. Um, Al Mower is not a liberal man in any sense. No, no. J.D. Greer is not a liberal uh, liberal pastor in any sense of the imagination. David Platt not a liberal man in any sense of the of the of the stretch of imagination. So when you start calling those people liberal and they're trying to, trying to ruin our convention, that, that kind of tells me about all I need to know about you. Yeah. The CBN, they produced a video with, of course they used Dr. Aiken. Right. Said, he said this, this, this. And honestly, he said specifically that there is no, that the, the scriptures are not sufficient. And, and I, I, there's no evidence to that whatsoever. And I, I, one thing that I heard in Southeastern in, in the seminary, my time there, your time there, Danny Aiken was a strong scripture is sufficient. Let's go back to the Bible. Oh, yeah. It is sufficient for all things. And he would always say that and always talk about that. He still does. Yeah. And always. So what we're saying is that they're just lying. Yeah. Period. They're just lying. There was a guy yeah. in the seminary president's report. There was a guy who who stood up, and I it was fine question. I don't have a problem with the question. Right. He basically he he stepped to the mic and said, "Doctor Aiken, do you teach CRT?" <laughs> and look, Doctor Aiken's got to be the most gracious man I think I've ever met <laughs> in my life. 
Yeah. As kindly as he could answer it, he said, yes and no. He said, we do teach it. We teach what it is. He said, because our pastors need to know what it is. Right. They need to understand what it is that is influencing the culture right now. So, yes, we teach it. Do we hold it as true? Absolutely not. We believe that sin is, uh, he went through this whole thing. We believe that the, this is the problem. CRT is a method by which the culture copes with that problem. But as Christians, we know that it's sin. Right. And that CRT, yes, we want them to understand what it is. It's just like when you take an economics class, you learn what socialism is. You learn what communism is, right? Yeah. You teach them. Yes, you teach them. But you don't teach that those tenets are, are valid to hold or are useful to hold. Right. But you need to understand the concepts that are behind it. You need to understand what you're, you're dealing with. And, yeah, and here's, a, here's a fundamental flaw that I see, and, and maybe this is what this is all about, um, and, and I don't like to use the words conservative or fundamental because those mean good things to me, but they mean different to different people nowadays, you know, in this time. So let's just say there are some that would say, you don't need to know anything. about It's all sin. Anything from the world is all sin. You don't need to know anything about that. You just need to understand and read the Bible and know the Bible. Okay. I, I believe that you understand, you need to understand and, and read the Bible and know the Bible. 100%. But let's take it in the case of a missionary. A missionary from this Western culture, Western world, gets dropped off in India. <laughs> is, the, is the Bible going to arm him with all the right things? Yes. Is the Bible going to help him understand the culture better? To some degree, yes. But he's going to have to learn the culture, the people, the surroundings, get to know how they live, you know, why they do things. All those things are going to help him understand how to reach them better with the gospel. So well, look, it's, it's, no, it's nothing, and that's the divide right now. Well, here's the bottom line. The gospel is the gospel. Right. Jesus Christ, perfect, sinless human, born, mm-hmm. dies on our behalf, right? resurrected, now reigns, reigns rules right hand of the Father. Amen. That's the gospel. Everything else is context. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in America? What does that look like in Africa? What does that look like in Siberia? I, I, right. I mean. And, and, and people like Russell Moore and Danny Aiken and, you know, uh, J.D. Greer and others have said, yes, we understand that that CRT is, 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 is a sinful a base thing. and a sinful yeah. way of, but it is a scope in which we can use to understand what we're dealing with and what we'll have to deal with in the future. Well, it gives you insight to what the culture's thinking. Right, right. Whether wrong or right. Right. And we understand. So, and I've always understood it this way. My, my home, um, I call him home church, church angel and I were married in. Um, Pastor Rob used to mention this all the time. We use the Bible as the lens to everything else. Right. We can use other things and the culture surrounding us to, evaluate what's going on, but we better look at it through the Bible. Right. So, but others would say, no, you don't use anything else. You just use the Bible. Well, I mean, I think in everything you do, you evaluate the culture, right? Yeah. 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 In, in every, whether I'm talking to my neighbor who lives right beside me or whether I'm talking to, uh, um, uh, an Asian believer on the other side of the world, You've got to understand the culture because the way the American guy that lives beside me comes to Christ is not the way that the Asian believer on the other side of the world is going to come to Christ, right? Because culture is so different. 
Mm. And the way you reach people here is not the way you reach people there. So same you gospel. Use, you use different, different methods method. right. to proclaim the same message, to get yeah. people to the same place. And if CRT, I, CRT doesn't tell me anything I need to know about the gospel. Right. It doesn't tell me anything I need to know about anything except my neighbor believes this. Right. My neighbor believes that this is a thing. He believes that it impacts our society, our culture here. And I've got to understand that lens that he's viewing culture mm. as I share the good news with him. It, it's like, it, it gives me another example to, to think about that. You said that it, it's on a grander scale. It's like leading a Muslim to Christ. You know, if my neighbor is Muslim and I'm, mm. I'm trying to lead him to Christ or trying to, I need to understand what he believes. Yeah. I need to understand a little bit about his religion and why he believes the things he believes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I am so I can, I can do what us good Southerners do in distance evangelism. You know, I can leave a track in his mailbox, but what <laughs> is he going to do with that? You know, I mean, he's going to, and then the, the audacity of some people to say, well, if they don't accept Christ, they don't accept Christ. You know, it's not my fault. Well, it might be in the fact that you didn't, humble yourself enough to know and try to understand who that person is. See well, them as a person. You can them turn as, them away. Right. You can, you can that to the detriment of, yeah. of the testimony of yeah. Christ. Yeah. So all we're arguing is here at this point is saying, you know, we would be on the side of those who believe it's a valuable tool to understand our culture, but it's not the Bible. It tells us nothing about the gospel. Yeah. And there are those who, who would disagree with that. But, but here's my catch with this. Again, there is no Southern Baptist church in America buying into Southern to, to CRT that we know. And the argument was put out there that our convention leaders are trying to take us towards CRT. No, they're not. They're just yeah. saying that this is a mechanism like other mechanisms to understand our culture. Well, I don't think we can say that there's no Southern Baptist church. <laughs> well, maybe Because not. I'm but, sure there's some church doing it. There was none that was that was. Danny Aiken's not going towards CRT. No, no. JD no, Greer was not going towards no, CRT. None of these guys. I agree. None of these guys. Hundred percent. But it's it's interesting. So let's talk just a little bit here. Um, mm. as we we kind of wrap this up. Yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting. Um, so the presidential election ultimately went to a runoff. So first ballot. I thought it was really interesting. I did not expect this. I did not expect. Dr. Moeller to get only 26% of the first ballot votes. I kind of didn't either. I thought it was going to be like 30, 30, 30, 10. I thought it was going to be closer to that, but it was not. It was Adams never had a shot. He was like four or 5% of the votes. And the other guys split much higher. Litton and Stone split much higher. I I was really surprised that Moeller only was at 26%. Well, I, I and this is my conjecture here. I would say that the CBN folks, Stone and others, did a good enough job to scare the the junk out of people by mentioning reformed and well, pushing that that kind of thing because that that scares everybody in the world. And well, I just I just thought ultimately I just thought yeah. it was interesting. I expected because <laughs> they I, attacked him as well. Yeah, I, I'd expect a guy like Mueller though to pull a higher percentage. I would think so. Um, so it goes to second ballot between Litton and Stone. Litton ultimately wins 
50, I don't know, 55% to 40, 52 to 48%. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? I didn't do the math. Um, I just thought, uh, oh yeah, 52 to 48. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was interesting, but I only thought it was interesting. I'm not, the vote, the vote being close was not whatever. That is what it is. That was not shocking. Where that does come to bear though is when the executive committee put forward their their budget and financial and budget budgetary plan, the convention votes on that, right? The convention mm-hmm. says, okay, yes, we support this plan, go forth and conquer. That plan was voted down by nearly unanimous vote. There was a couple in the room that said they only saw three three votes for. I, you Three know, out if, of seventeen thousand voters. <laughs> if you want to be conservative on this, I mean, some some were saying fifteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what we're Still, saying is too the 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 resolution package for the financial dealings of the the, the upcoming convention steered a lot of money to the executive committee for their control. So the CBN was pushing, right. had been pushing. For more are, funding, for more essentially for more power to ultimately go to the executive right. committee. So they were setting it up to where Mike Stone would win. There were some existing and and still are some existing CBN guys on the executive committee, and they would have seized a bit more control and control and fundage yeah. to where to direct it. Well, they if would you control the money, you control everything. Right. And their plan was to immediately shut down the ERLC, you know, yep. and, and kind of abolish that. And for whatever you think about that, you know, it, that that was the agenda and that was the purpose of the whole thing. So what what really draws my attention, though, is how soundly that was defeated. Mm-hmm. And then for Mike Stone to turn around and get 48%, 47.8%, I think is what it came out to be, percent of the vote. Mm. There's a disconnect. Like Mike Stone is the guy that pushes for this uh, financial and budget plan. Yeah. But you soundly defeat that, but you still vote for the guy that, that would be a proponent of this plan. Well, it's a, it's a two tiered thing. So in the beginning you had four guys, you had Moeller, Stone, Litton, and um, Adams. What was the other Adams? Okay. Adams really was never in the picture. So those votes came out and it was Stone and Litton in the lead. So they had a runoff because it was pretty close. Because you have to have fifty percent of the vote, right? And fifty percent plus one vote. Then there was largely, you know, a few thousand people in the room that had to decide who voted for Moeller. Several thousand people in the room who voted for Moeller. Now where do I go? Yeah. Now if you break that percentage down, three quarters of those went to Linton. About I'm I'm roughly roughly estimating yeah. here, Ballpark. but three quarters of those Moeller votes went to Linton. But some of those, and you have to acknowledge, some of those went to Stone. Yeah. So I think what folks are saying, and let's let's be honest, the average, I, I guarantee, how many thousands of people do you think showed up that had no idea this stuff was going on? Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? What? What is all this? You know, M- Mike Stone allegedly is is railing on some sexual abuse. Uh, people in the, in the hallway oh, and, yeah. and all this stuff's going on. People are like, what in the world? And again, to an autonomous church, do you even care is the, is the question too. But that's what was going on. And I wonder how many people in the room actually knew we have a little bit more of an inside track on some of that because we know some of the people. 
but um, maybe that's the disconnect is people just didn't know. I just, I really thought it was interesting though. I mean, to soundly defeat the CBN in, in multiple votes and then for stone to ultimately pull 48% in a runoff, there's a disconnect somewhere. And that that's an interesting one to me. Um, But so the other, there was a a bit of denying too. So there was a bit of denying by stone and some others to be even, (laughs) there's a lot uh, of denying to be even part of the CBN. Now, now it came out right before the convention started. Yes. That they, they were tied to page Patterson. They were tied to that, but they, they pretty much denied it the whole, the whole time, you know, well, Betancourt kind of blew a lot of this up. He did. Right before, because he's like, look, Russ Moore's not lying about this stuff. He's not yeah. making this up. There like, were a few others that came out, too, and said he's not lying. So this is the other interesting thing that happened was, so the motion on the sexual abuse investigation yeah. was sent to the the resolutions committee said, well, let's send this to the executive committee, or I think it's who, who they said to send it to. And the motion on the floor was, wait a minute, why are you sending this to the people that we want to investigate? What do you think they're going to do with this? Right. He said, and they turned it down He said, so I want to put this up for a vote, and you have to have two-thirds vote to to overrule that right. that, uh, that ref, uh, referral to committee. Okay. So, soundly passed. I mean, mm-hmm. there I don't, I don't know how many – uh, votes there were against <laughs> putting that motion back on the table, mm-hmm. but it wasn't many. It was kind of like the budget vote. It wasn't many. Yeah, they they turned down the opportunity to even discuss it. The the executive committee yeah, did. They did, and then sent it back, and and that was basically a defeat for anybody that wanted. Well, uh, again, it got overturned later as a resolution was put forward. So there's been. There's been some interesting things, but that yeah. one right there, to be able to soundly pull almost a unanimous vote again on that to overrule what yeah. the resolutions committee said to put that before the messengers. And so now I guess there will be an external investigation into yeah, the executive so, committee so, and right. all those involved in all this cover-up. So there to, were two parts of it, though. The, in the beginning, it was put to the, the committee, executive committee. They turned down the opportunity to even discuss it. Then it got sent back to resolution and right. voted on by the majority in the room to, yes, we want, and the, and the problem was the investigation needed to be done outside of the executive committee because right. that's who they're investigating. Right. So that, as it stands now, culmination of everything, uh, Ed Linton can appoint a third-party task force to investigate the executive committee and their dealings with covering up sexual abuse in Southern Baptist churches, which we already know evidence. There's tons of evidence of. So now they can investigate third party and the executive committee has to cooperate. So Ronnie Floyd, um, um, stone and, and several others, all the whole executive committee, whether what, no matter what side you're on. So, and the release from Russell Moore, uh, Ben court, others basically said, Yes, it was going on. It was being covered up, and it needs to be investigated. Yeah, so that's that's the whole summation of well, it. I thought that was a that was a good that was a bold move to pull yeah. that back out, and I'm glad he did. Um, yeah. And I'm very very pleased that it passed. Um, 
Because it but, needs to be investigated. But I, I will tell you. Be honest. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I know you and I have said this before. I've never been to SBC. Even when it was here in Greensboro, I didn't go to the SBC. Um, uh, annual meeting, you mean? Yeah, the annual meeting. And, yeah, and I'm I not have, sure, actually. I'm not sure I cared enough to go back then. Yeah, back then. But. I got a lot more skin. I have been into local meetings, so we've been to the North Carolina. Yeah, we've done North Carolina thing, right? A bunch. Uh, I was on the board of directors for for a while. So, but I am. If it's up to me, I don't plan on missing another one. I think I'm the same way. I have gotten. I have been to the annual meetings before. I've gotten in the last few years. um, Not been several years. Not been. But I plan on being in Anaheim next year, mm-hmm. and not in here. And I know you; I know what you're going to say. I'm not going to see a show, and I'm not going to see the fighting. I'm going because it's important, and mm-hmm. for the the important issues that we're talking about. Just the fact that we see a need for those to be investigated. It was a cover up going on. If there wasn't, praise the Lord. Let's get it out in the open and move on. But it can't be done if people like us, messengers from churches, don't go and participate. Well, so the change is not going to happen right. if the same people continue to go. Right, right. And so if we want to see things turned more toward a gospel focus, mm-hmm. clearly that's not going to happen if new I would people say aren't continued. Attending. Yeah, I would say a continued focus. Um, we've had some leaders in these last several years right who have pointed us that way but it's got to continue yeah i'm not complaining about jd at all i think he did a great job in fact he is hilarious to watch um navigate the annual meeting barry mccarty if you don't know barry mccarty (laughs) he is the man he is the parliamentarian that keeps everybody straight that dude yeah that dude looks around at him every time (laughs) i know everybody would say something jd would turn and look at barry it was hilarious i loved it JD. There was a resolution put forward I thought was interesting to, to turn the air conditioner on in the room. <laughs> that guy was the hero, and I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you saw it on the second day uh, in the in the presidential reports. He got up and he <laughs> he responded to Dr. Aiken's report. He said, I don't really have a question. He said, but I think we have a misunderstanding. He said, you blocked me on Twitter because <laughs> because I stepped in to defend you, and I think you thought I was piling on. And he said, I would like for you to unblock me. And Dot Draken says, by the time this afternoon's over, you we will be following one another on Twitter or something along yeah. those lines. It was I mean, hilarious. Seven, 17,000 people in a room. Everybody's <laughs> It's all tense, and everybody's and he comes and does that. Yeah, that's funny. The dude was funny. He said, I but resolved that, that you turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> I was, yeah, he said, I've been to three or four different mics trying to get my resolution in. And, you know, to the glory of God, can we turn the air conditioner on? <laughs> I got a kick out of that, man. He yeah. was killing me with that. But that guy was the star of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, you know, th- there's a lot that goes on in these meetings. It's, it's a good time to to meet new folks. It's a good time to yeah. to catch up with some folks. Like, I would count Matt Hensley a friend, Dr. Hensley. Mm-hmm. I would count him a friend, though I've never met him, mm-hmm. not face-to-face. Talk to right. him a ton, text, all these kinds of things, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've never met him in person, um, but mm-hmm. uh, communicate through Twitter. Yeah. And and things like that, and and I know for the boomer generation, you're like Twitter. That's not a relationship. <laughs> well, in the grand scheme of of connectiveness, we connect through a lot of people these days yeah. through these types of venues yep. or well, um, uh, avenues. I would count him a friend. 
Yeah. I, I would have him preach at my church. I mean, I wouldn't have an issue with that. But uh, I thought it was cool that he was he was elected in that position. Go check out their podcast, uh, Not Another Baptist Podcast. They do such a great job of all that's going on. And I promise you, I don't I don't think they ever go an hour <laughs> like we're yeah. we're bumping up against no, right sure now. They don't, and they're probably um, a lot better than we are. <laughs> Uh, they they're they're a great group of guys and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm happy for Matt and I look forward to what he's going to do next year. I look forward to being a part of it. But here's I, I will lay this on the table as kind of the last thing on this discussion. The bottom line is this: when people walk out for the International Mission Board report, mm. when you walk out of that after your vote, that says a lot. That says a lot to now, me. Now, now, describe what's happening because, well, let me describe what's happening and you comment. How about that? So the room is jammed full by all reports, and, and we could watch a stream. We could watch updates on Twitter and things full. like 16, that. 16,000 messengers? Almost 17,000 messengers crammed in a room for all the resolutions and all the voting. The international mission report comes, and, and what that is is an update on what Southern Baptists have been doing with their monies. What have, what have they been doing with the gospel? Mm-hmm. And it's half the room leaves. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I saw people on Twitter, well, this is a business meeting. We shouldn't even have this stuff here. We shouldn't have music and we shouldn't have all these things. We should be here for the business meeting. And, and brother, sister, whoever you are, I strongly oppose that. Uh, you know, it's it's not just a business meeting. Yes, we're there to gather for business, but we're gathered, the brothers and sisters, to see what we've been doing. And, and that needs to be seen, talked about, prayed about, encouraged. And what we can do to continue to make progress there. Exactly. Because if you just go talk about all the... The, the hot button stuff, issues. Hot button issues, and then you leave and go home, what are you taking home to your church? Well, what is the Southern Baptist doing? Well, we don't know. Fighting, fighting, <laughs> yeah. Now, none of the the reports got the in the NAM, the International Mission Board. None of none of those none of those got as much publicity as all the little hot button issues. But there was a lot of great things uh, reported. Chitwood had a lot of of awesome things to talk mm-hmm. about and say, and and as others as well. I actually missed that report because I was in a meeting um, when that was going mm-hmm. on. So I yep. hate I missed it, but. I will I would argue that the Southern Baptist Convention will be really healthy when you have more people in the room for that IMB report or for the NAM report or for the SIN mm-hmm. conference than you do for the presidential vote. That would be my argument. What's yep. it gonna take from messengers who purportedly care so much about the spread of the gospel? to feel the need to spread lies about people so that their guy can be elected, which I would assume their argument would be so that the true gospel will spread. Oh, we attach the spirituality to everything we do. And how, how is it yeah. that you're not staying in there for the work of our missionaries, our hands right. and feet that are on the ground in the international context, whether it's Asia, India, Russia, South America, whatever, Africa, whatever. Because they don't care. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so if you really believe... And I'm generalizing. I'm if generalizing. You, if you I'm really believe everybody. that the gospel is the most important thing that we do, yeah. why do you not stay in here 
and you participate came for the in, most. You, you came for what you thought the most important thing yeah. was, and that was the vote and the the reserve resolution. You make it clear things. what's really important when you walk out during the missionary yeah. mission board report. So, anyway, well, it, it goes it goes one handed to another, and we won't continue to talk about this. But we talk about race relations. We talk about sexual abuse in, in the in the in the church. What does it say when that's what you fight about? Yeah. What does it say when you don't want to hear what sexual offenders have gone through? What does it say when you don't want to hear what uh, um, a minority or whatever group of people that's not white has to say about yeah. what they see? When you don't want to hear that and you don't want to, to take that in as, as constructive, humble criticism, what does that say? Well, clearly our priorities are, are still not right as, mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, there's a lot of work to do there. And please hear me. If you see me in Anaheim next year, if I'm not in that room, drag me back in that room. Yeah. Um, unless I unless I'm just about to bust and I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> half of the room didn't have to use the bathroom. So they were trying to go get Nashville barbecue. Baptist. They were trying to make it over to Martin's before the rest of the <laughs> yeah. crowd did. I'm sure. I mean, it's um, good. It's good restaurant. Martin's was good. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. I enjoyed that meal we had there. Uh, back over over the scene conference a couple years ago, yeah. but anyway, a lot there is a lot good going on. I will say, um, yeah. I'm I'm encouraged. Um, I'm glad that some of the things were defeated that were were defeated. I'm glad that some of the things were passed that were passed. There's still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as a convention, we still we still have to be better. Um, yeah. Reject those outliers that are trying to. I mean, that's what I would call the CBN. I would call them in general. They're outliers. They're making something out of nothing. I would call them specifically outliers, not in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would label it, them as a little bit more than that. But. So there, there's a lot to do, a lot of work to do. But uh, before we quit today, before we before we sign yeah. off, uh, I know that you're coming off of two weeks of vacation, man. Do you even know what you're doing Sunday? I planned it before I left. <laughs> Uh, on the, us. the difficult thing for Sunday is going to be, well, not so difficult. I got really good, good band and, and people, mm-hmm. um, but haven't had practice in two weeks. So <laughs> since I've been gone and we'll roll into Sunday and we'll practice that morning. Yeah. So we're starting off with unstoppable God. Okay. Um, we're going to, uh, evidence. Okay. Resurrecting. All right. And uh, closing the service, uh, we've got a little bit of some other things going on Sunday, so we're closing the service with in Christ alone. Are you guys doing much of anything for Father's Day? Um, is it Father's <laughs> <laughs> It's Father's Day. No, no, um, no, not not yeah. this year, not this year. We, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously we'll wish everybody happy happy father's day and all that stuff we got a little video yeah. we'll show yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. but outside of that yeah we're we're not doing a ton in that regard either so i i just heard this morning father's day is is the 20th most recognized holiday <laughs> mother's day is in the top three i believe it i believe it <laughs> you know um, I, look here's here's my thing man you don't have to recognize me just let me take a nap, take a nap. <laughs> don't yeah. talk to me just let me take a nap <laughs> I got my Father's Day present. I got uh, brakes and rotors for my truck. Yeah, all right. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, at least you can stop. 
accomplish. Yep. Hopefully, in that regard, you'll be around to see next Father's Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got, I talk about traditional first. Uh, heaven came down, love divine, all love's excelling. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you like that one, don't you? I do. I know it. Yeah, amazing Grace. And uh, we'll we'll close out service with I Need Thee Every Hour. Um, we do choir singing. I don't know if we talk too much about Yay. this, but choir singing. I saw them um, setting up before I, before I left uh, Sunday. This will be their fourth week in the loft, and the, the third week they've, they've sung. I will tell you, man, and maybe we can talk about this next time, for those of you that do have choirs, I mean, getting that rolling after COVID, after them having mm-hmm. 15-ish months off, 16 months off. Oh, boy, I'm learning a lot about yeah. what it takes to start that. Okay. Yeah. I've never come in with a into any ministry starting a choir. Yeah. But restarting from nothing. Whoa. Just, I'd love to have a just man. Whoa. I'd love to have a hundred a hundred member choir. Oh. I, even though I mean we we're more more of a contemporary church musically. I'd still love to have. I, I'm I, that's the biggest praise team you could have. Man, I, just yeah. Have, yep. It's awesome. I'm yeah. with you on that, but. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, talk about how we can restart some of these things as we're, we're yeah. getting going. But that's that's traditional, and, uh, of course, contemporary is our first service. Um, we're teaching a new one. We're doing King of Glory this week. Hmm. Um, only King forever. And we've got uh, – we're going a little, little new crowd on everybody here with good God Almighty. They like hey. that. They liked that a couple weeks ago when we did it, so – kind of shocked them a little bit <laughs> it's yeah. it's fun I'm, that that is a fun one to do but we'll we'll yeah. close out the set with king of kings uh, pastor will preach and then we'll get into mighty cross if you're familiar with that one mm-hmm. i think it's elevation i think yep. that's right no i, I don't yeah. know i think it's elevation um but we'll go mighty cross and we're tagging on from the bridge of faithful now okay so Doing a mix, a mashup. Yeah, check our live stream. It actually works out really well. The group is doing great with it. Um, we're going with track drums this week though, because my drummer's out of town. So that'll be it'll be different, but you know we'll we'll make it work. So make it work. We'll yeah. Miss miss our drummer, but we'll we'll get him. Yeah, back I enjoyed in. meeting your 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 band and and um, and folks, your drummer and bass player and, and everybody. Was, yeah, man, I got a, got a great group here. I, I love working with them. They're a lot of fun. So, but, uh, anyway, listen, folks, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Check us out at thecomplaintdesk.com. Uh, email us info at thecomplaintdesk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you, uh, what you like to hear, what'll help you out. Um, what, what will be a blessing to you as we move forward. But to all of you, we're praying for you this week. You're whatever you're leading this week. Doug, praying for you, brother. Glad you're kind of back in the saddle this week. Yep. Look forward to what God's going to do. I'm hanging do. on the side of the horse right <laughs> now. <laughs> leaning. You got, you got the lean going? <laughs> yeah, I'm leaning. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to what God's going to do this week. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, if you're listening yeah. on the podcast, happy you Father's will be day a day you. late. But uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And uh, we appreciate uh, all that you do. I'm grateful for my dad. We'll get to have dinner on Saturday, I believe, is what we're going to do. So my dad is preaching this week. That'll be cool. Um, not not here. Uh, he's not uh, preaching here. So I won't get to hear it. But unless they live stream, I actually don't know that. Uh, I'll be able to hear him. I hadn't heard him preach in over 20 years, I think. Wow. I think the last time I heard him preach. No, it's been one time since then. I was going to say the last time I heard him preach was possibly my ordination. But uh, anyway. Folks, we're praying for you. 
thanks for tuning in today, and uh, we hope that you have a great week, and we will see you all next time here on the Complaint Desk. Y'all have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.